Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Shall we begin our worship with singing? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Uh, one, two, three, four, and... I'm great in my sorrows. I'm great in my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. I'm pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure. And his joy's gonna be my strength. I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the morning. It is so good to see you on this Pentecost Sunday. Our communion offering today is for Mobility Worldwide. The prayer chain for Torres Kairos 42 is available for those who would like to pray for the weekend. Please see Pastor Jim. He also has meal tickets available for $5 each for anyone who would like to support the July Kairos weekend financially. Please continue to bring items for the toiletries drive for Holotus House of Neighborly Service. The deadline to bring items for the drive is noon on June 20th. Today's scripture reading is Esther chapter 4, verses 9 through 17. It's on page 440 in your pew Bible. Hatak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hatak and gave him a message for Mordecai, saying, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, 
There is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone may that person live. I myself have not been called to come in to the king for 30 days. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, we gather today to praise you, to tell of your love, and to give you thanks. We thank you especially this morning for the blessings of life and our duty in it. Open our hearts and our understanding today as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Teach us to think positive thoughts and to speak good words. Give us patience that we may wait on you. Fill us with your love and grace as we celebrate communion this day. May we leave here reflecting your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What holds your heart? What stirs your soul? What matters come to mind? The cares you keep, the thoughts you think, it's not all wasted time. Seek and you will find, joy still comes in the morning, hope still walks with the hurting, if you're still alive and breathing. Still good news worth repeating So lift your head and keep singing Praise the Lord The years roll by We wonder why We lost our way from home finds the child inside we left for growing old awake 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 my soul joy still comes in the morning hope still walks with the hurting if you're still alive and breathing Yeah. 
still good news worth repeating. So lift your head and keep singing. Praise the Lord. Let everything, let everything, let everything praise the Lord. In the working, in the waiting, let it praise the Lord. In the blessing, in the breaking, come on, praise the Lord. In the dying, the rising, let it praise the Lord. Let it praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Joy still comes in the morning. Hope still walks with the hurting. If you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. Don't stop dancing and dreaming. There's still good news worth repeating. So lift your head and keep singing. Praise the Lord. Joy still comes in the morning. Hope still walks with the hurting. If you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. Don't stop dancing and dreaming. There's still good news worth repeating. So lift your head and keep singing. So at first service, I forgot my announcements, but you guys are lucky because I remembered what I wanted to talk about. Just so all the parents out there know, we did start our Coffee Kids in Life uh, Sunday School class this Sunday. It meets between services, so it starts um, at 10 o'clock and it goes to about 10.50. So if you come here an hour early, you can have some coffee, you can have time to decompress. I will watch your kids for you, and then you can come and worship. And it's a fantastic class, and the devotionals are provided. So we'd love to have you guys come out and join that class with us. It meets right next to the, the kids' classroom, so if you know where to drop off your kids you know where to go for Sunday school. And we would love to have parents come in, um, chat. We won't say complain, we'll say chat. <laughs> I want my kiddos, come on up here. All right, so this Sunday is a very important Sunday in the life of the church. What do you notice about the sanctuary that's different this Sunday? Red. It's red, it's red everywhere, right? We don't often see red in the sanctuary. We see purple and green a lot, but not red, huh? I kind of like it, do you guys like it? It's very festive, I think. Why do you think it's red today? Because it's Pentecost Sunday. That's correct. Pentecost Sunday is a really cool Sunday in the life of the church. It's actually the church's birthday. Did you guys know that? Like the birthday of, of the Christian church itself. So today is the church's birthday, and we're going to have cake, and I'm going to feed you ice cream. I'm kidding. We're not doing that. Maybe next time. Your parents would not be happy with me. It's the church's birthday. Pentecost is a cool story. It is the time after the ascension where the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. And that happens in a really interesting way. Jesus had told them before he rose up into heaven, he said, go to this place and wait for me. Wait for the gift I'm going to send for you, not wait for me. Wait for the gift I'm going to send you. And while you're waiting, I want you to worship and to pray. 
And then he rises up into heaven. So the disciples follow directions, and they go to the place they were supposed to wait. They go to the upper room that they had had the Last Supper in, and they wait. And they're worshiping, and they're praying. And I like to think of the disciples as me, right? I follow Jesus. I'm a disciple, too. So sometimes when I'm reading these stories, I think about how I would have been in that situation. And I think about after maybe 30 minutes, I would have been, um, I would have been like, okay, Jesus, where's that gift you were talking about? It's about time for it to come. And then about after maybe a couple of hours, I would have been like, all right, I'm really done praying now. Can I get that gift? Do you know how long the disciples had to wait? Ten days. Three days would have been a really long time, right? I'm like, where is that gift you were talking about? No, it was ten days. Nate and Noel attended first service. They got some, they got some spark notes there. Ten days. Pentecost falls 50 days after Easter Sunday. It's the end of Easter, and it's ten days after the ascension. So they had to wait those ten days for the Holy Spirit to come to them. And they were told that they were going to receive a helper, right? A helper is going to come to them, a comforter. And they know, I mean, Jesus has referred to this as a person. But on that 10th day, they're still worshiping and they're still waiting. And instead of somebody just walking in through the door saying, hey, guys, how's it going? This big wind blasts in through the windows. It just roars in like a tornado. And then after the wind, flames just appear above the disciples' heads. Could you imagine that? And suddenly, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're all able to speak a different language that's not their own. They suddenly speak languages that they don't know at all. And the disciples hurry out into the streets, and in those other languages, they start telling other people about God. And this was a really cool thing that happened, because at that time in Jerusalem, it was a festival. And so there were Jewish people from all over the known world there to celebrate this festival. And they heard... They heard about Jesus and what he did in the new covenant in their own language for the first time. And in that one single day, the church had 3,000 new believers join it. 3,000 people join the church in one day because they got to hear the word of God in their own language and they got to believe it. That's a pretty powerful thing. And when we hear this story every year, something stands out different to me. Each time I hear it, each time I teach it, something new stands out. And this year, what really stood out to me was the amount of change the disciples went through during their time with Jesus. When we're going through this month here at Holotus Hills United Methodist Church, our church is going to go through a lot of changes, right? We're saying goodbye to Pastor Jim, and we're going to wish him well on the next adventures he has, the next mission that God gives him. And we're going to welcome in our new pastor, Pastor Cheryl. And she's going to become the head of our church, and she's going to be teaching us and guiding us just the way that Pastor Jim has been doing for the past six years. That's a pretty big change for us. That's a very big change for them, right? And it's a pretty big change for us. But if we look at this story and the way the disciples handled change, we can be ready for it. You see, the disciples, during their time of following Jesus, they had to, they had to deal with a lot of change. They had to drop everything that they knew in their old lives and follow Jesus, right? The fishermen just walked away from their boats and their nets, and they followed Jesus. Completely new life. They, in their, in their faith, they watched as the old covenant, the way they had been following God and believing in God and worshiping God for, for centuries, for generations. Jesus broke that down, right? And he made a new covenant. They watched that change happen. That's a huge thing. 
They went from having a formal God that they could only worship in a temple. They could only be in his presence in a temple. They followed him all the time. But the temple was where God lived to a God that lives inside their heart. That's a big change in your faith. And they went from God's chosen people just being the nation of Israel, right? They were set aside for God, just the nation of Israel, to it being everyone who hears God's word, who asks for forgiveness of their sins, and who follows God. That's God's kingdom. That's God's people. Anyone and everyone. They went from having to be followers in the church, following Jesus, to having to be leaders in the church and teach others about Jesus. If the disciples had closed themselves off to any of those changes, if they had been like me and they had gotten bored and they had gotten up and left the building, would they have been able to accomplish the things that God set out for them? Not at all, guys. Change is a constant in our life. We will never get away from change, right? From the moment you were born, you were growing and you were dying. And that is real about anything and everything that you encounter. It is constantly changing. But there's one other constant that's always with us, and that's God. So when we feel like the world is changing around us and we don't know what to do, we can follow the disciples' example, and we can look to God. All right? Will you guys pray with me? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and say, Dear God, thank you for sending your spirit to live with us and remind us that you are our constant in a world of change. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to go out the side for spark worship. Please rise in body or spirit. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Well, what a beautiful Pentecost Sunday, huh? It's, uh, it's just gorgeous. And, you know, I know some of y'all are probably into gardening. I know my wife is. I just like to eat the veggies. I don't like to do the work, right? I'm like all those people in the little red hen, right? I want to eat the bread, but I don't want to plant the wheat or, or grind it or any of that. I don't want to hear the labor pains. I just want to see the baby. Right. Sort of deal. But but a lot of you who do garden in the last few weeks or so have been getting vegetables in, right? Got a nice cucumber yesterday with supper, and we've had some uh, green beans and some squash and a slew of tomatoes. Uh, the tomatoes are really doing well this year. I guess it's because, you know, they don't set until it stays above, what, like 55 at night or something. And, of course, we hadn't had any problem with that lately. But I also talk about gardening because 
it ties in with what with our scripture reading today, but also since today is Pentecost, it's I, I believe important for all of us to remember that this is one of the holy days that we celebrate with our Jewish brothers and sisters. This is Shavat, right? The the festival of weeks, which began at sundown last night. You know, you know we we do days wrong. The Bible says evening and morning, the first day, right? Evening and morning, the second day of. And of course, there's a great lesson there. God is always trying to bring us from darkness to light and not the other way around. But anyway, so the day actually starts at sundown. We don't count them that way. But our Jewish brothers and sisters still do. So last night at sundown began Shabbat, today's today. It's a, it's a celebration that really only is celebrated on one day. And as I told the folks in the 9 o'clock service, the best thing about Shabbat is that the tradition is to have dairy products for the celebration for your meal, and this is where we get cheesecake. Anyway, so it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to celebrate. I mean, if you don't like cheesecake, well, anyway. But Pentecost has a lot of meanings other than the fact that it was the day the day that the Holy Spirit came down and the church was started. You know, the Holy Spirit fell upon 120 people there in Jerusalem, and we're here because of it, uh, indirectly. But also, Pentecost was in place. Pentecost came, you know, 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven, but Pentecost is 50 days it's the only celebration in the Bible that you actually count to. All the other days fall on a specific day of the calendar. But Pentecost comes from being counted to, and it's 50 days. It's technically, if you look in Leviticus chapter 23, Pentecost is 50 days after the wave sheaf offering. Okay, and the wave sheaf offering takes place after the Sabbath that happens during Passover. Okay, and of course, Jesus was crucified at Passover, and then uh, 50 days after that, we celebrate Pentecost. The other thing, the other thing, or one of the other things that's, that's great about Pentecost is that it is when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, and, and, and the rabbis figured out, and they celebrate. That's the time that the Jews got the law, and the, the law is celebrated on Shabbat, the giving of the law to Moses up on Mount Sinai. So there are actually a lot of things that happen that have to do with Pentecost, as far as that goes. I'm not going to read a traditional Pentecost reading this morning. We're going to read something out of Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. 
Our scripture reading this morning does come from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Consider the word of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gives us beautiful days and rain and the harvest and all that we are blessed with, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, Paul gives us some advice here in this particular passage that he's writing to the the church at Philippi, as he does often in his letters to to the different churches. He's given them advice on how they should conduct themselves, how they should live their lives, how they would be better, how to be better followers of Jesus, and that's that's what we're doing anyway. So, I want to look at look at what he tells us to do here this morning. The first thing he says there is rejoice, right? Rejoice always. He says rejoice always because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. The Lord's here now. If you went back in the scripture to chapter 1, you would realize that Paul is in prison, okay? He's in prison when he's writing this letter, when he's telling everybody to rejoice. And he says, it's a good thing that I'm in prison because I get to tell all these Roman soldiers about Jesus, right, about the gospel. That's what he says. He says, it's a good thing that I'm here and the, the, the folks that are that know about me being here are encouraged as well. So he, he says, rejoice always, always, regardless of what's going on, because the Lord is at hand. The Scripture tells us that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, observing the good and the evil. God is everywhere, and God is with us, and Paul knows that, and he says, because of that, rejoice. Rejoice always. And if there's anything that doesn't seem to be going right, what you should do while you're rejoicing is you should pray. You should pray and ask God to fix things for you or to help you with the strength that you need. And if you do that, again, another reason to rejoice, he says, the peace of God 
will be with you, right? The peace of God that passes all understanding will be with you in Christ Jesus. He's in prison. Wow, you know? I just think about that. I just I, I think about that, and, uh, and he's doing that. Then he goes on to say, in the fact that we are rejoicing, you know, we, we are rejoicing in everything that we do, we should remember to not be anxious, right? Have any of you seen any anxious people lately? Are any of you anxious people? You don't have to raise your hands, right? Right? Anxiety is a horrible thing. Anxiety is a blight upon us. Anxiety sucks the life out of you, right? It ultimately ends up, not only does it destroy your mind, stress, anxiety, fear will actually kill you, all right? It really will. It really and truly will. It's one of the worst things going. And, and, and Paul repeats here what we see and what you all have heard me say over and over and over again that you're not supposed to be afraid. You're not supposed to be anxious. You're supposed to relax, take it easy. No hurry, no worry, no resentments. Everything's okay. God's in charge. We forget it. We think we're in charge, right? We think we're in charge, and if the way we want to do it doesn't go right, then it's all coming unglued, right? Not so. God's in charge, and it's all throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And, and one of the first places we see it, when it says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, it said, Abram had a vision, right? You know, remember, he was Abram before he was Abraham. His name doesn't get changed until chapter 17. So in chapter 15, he's still Abram. It said, Abram had a vision. And it, and it says what? The Lord came to him and said, Fear not, Abram, for I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Paul knew that. Paul knew that too, and he knew not to be anxious. Again, there's just nothing that good that comes from it. People get upset, and, uh, and the other thing is, the other thing about it is, is it's a spiritual axiom. You can't make spiritual progress unless you're relaxed. Won't happen. You need to be calm. Whether it's spiritual or not, we all learn better when we're relaxed, right? When we're on pins and needles, so to speak, we don't learn anything. We're just freaking out, right? But if we're relaxed and calm, we can actually learn something. And we can actually make spiritual progress. And we can actually be available for the people around us, right? For the people around us. So Paul says, don't be anxious. And then we come to what I think is the best part of this passage, right? He says, this is what you ought to think about. 
you ought to think about things that are good and pure and honest. If there's any praise, think about excellent things. Think good thoughts. That's what he says. Now, why is this the best part? If we go back to rejoicing, to not being anxious, and the things we're supposed to do, it's often the circumstances around us that cause us to be fearful or anxious or to not rejoice, right? And often we can't control the circumstances. But God gave each and every one of us the ability to control our thoughts all the time. You can always control your thoughts. Now, often, sadly, we might abdicate that responsibility, but we can always control our thoughts. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking when Michelle was reading that passage out, out, out of Esther this morning, it dawned on me. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful the way the Bible repeats lessons and there, and there are different layers of understanding and things. But bear with me, if you will. This may be a little bit far-fetched, but think about it. It said that unless the king held out his scepter to somebody, he couldn't approach him. They couldn't approach the king and talk to him or, you know, with their head like the Red Queen, right? It dawned on me, that's really, a, that's really a neat thing to put in there because it's the same way with your thoughts. You're the king when it comes to what you're thinking and your thoughts. And a thought can't approach you and have a conversation with you unless you let it, unless you hold out the golden scepter metaphorically to that particular thought. If you don't want to think about it, you don't hold out the scepter. You don't accept the thought. We each and every one of us have that ability that God gave us. And we can choose what we think about. It's just like the garden, right? If you plant tomato seeds, you get cucumbers, right? No. If you plant tomato seeds, you get tomatoes. If you plant squash seeds, you get squash. Have you all seen that movie, Secondhand Lions? I love that movie. You know, some movies you can't talk about in church. But we can talk about this movie in church, you know. I think it's a great movie. Even, even though I still think of Robert Duvall as Boo Radley, right? There's a, there's a place in there where the uncles decide for their nephew that they're raising that it would be a good thing if they had a garden, right? Y'all remember this? And one of these charlatan salesmen comes by and sells them a bunch of vegetable seed. And the different packages have all the different names of the different vegetables on them. And they dig the rows and they plant the seeds and they put up a stake at the end of the row and they put the, the seed packages there, you know. And a lot of you have probably done that, right? So you know what's in your row that, that, that you planted. And what happened? All the plants came up and they started looking at them and they all looked alike. 
and they started scratching their head, and they realized they had been snookered, right? All that the seed salesman gave them in different packages was corn. So they didn't have any tomatoes. They didn't have any beets. They didn't have any cucumbers. They had corn, you know, plenty of corn. That's what they got. Now, you know, it's a cute thing in the movie, and it's funny and all that, but, but we do the same thing, see? We do the same thing with our thoughts. It's just like a garden. We plant garbage in our brains often, and we expect to get a beautiful crop, right? We, we plant negativity, and we expect that what's going to come out of that is everything's going to be all right, right? It doesn't work that way. It's no different, you know? Be not deceived, right? Galatians 6, 7, right? God is not mocked. You reap what you sow, right? You reap what you sow. That's the way it works. So if you, if you plant corn, you're going to get corn. If you plant the mully grumps, you're going to get the mully grumps. But if you plant rejoicing and happiness and thankfulness, that's what you're going to get. That's what your life is going to be characterized by, you know. How many of you have ever hopped on an airplane or a bus or a train or a ferry, for that matter, and you sit down by somebody and they look like who knows what, you know. They're just, they, they just look horrible, you know. They're, they're frowning. You're wondering what happened to them, you know. Wouldn't you rather sit by somebody that's smiling, you know, and joyful and rejoicing? But you don't get those smiles if what you're putting in your head is negative junk, right? The people who are in the mully grumps choose to be in the mully grumps, right? It's, uh, again, it's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. It's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. Now, David had it figured out at least on some things in his life. And in Psalm 119, verse 59, he says, when I consider my thoughts, when I consider my thoughts, I turn my feet toward your precepts, right? I turn my feet toward your ways. And that's great advice, you know, that David's got there too. If you are having trouble thinking happy thoughts, open your Bible. Open your Bible and look at it, you know. Don't turn on the radio or your TV. You're not going to get happy thoughts there. Open your Bible. And, you know, as sure as day follows night, if you plant good thoughts, you're going to get good thoughts. So maybe some of you are having trouble rejoicing and not being anxious and having good thoughts all the time. I want to remind you that the grace to do that is available at the table when you come up here this morning. It's available for each and every one of you to change your ways. But don't forget don't lose touch ever, 
forever. With the only thing that you can always control are your thoughts. Doesn't matter what the weather is, right? Doesn't matter what the neighbors are doing. It doesn't matter what your spouse is doing, right? Doesn't matter what the dog did. You still get to control your thoughts. God has blessed us with that ability and lets us do that. So again, as you come to the table this morning, I want you to remember, you can ask God for the grace to always rejoice, to not be anxious, and to think good thoughts. And if you ask God for it, He'll give it to you. Amen? Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.